0: Hey there, John Morris here, JohnMorrisOnline.com, back with another episode. This one I wanted to talk about the biggest mistakes freelancers make. And specifically I'm going to talk about the the biggest mistakes I've made and, and hopefully help you to avoid those. And the thing about freelancing is when you freelance you tend to learn a lot about yourself because when you expose yourself to a market directly like you do when you freelance, all the little inconsistencies, all the little insecurities, those things tend to get exposed and it becomes really hard for you to avoid them and a lot of times the progression that you make in your career to to get to that next level it's not about you know some marketing thing or, or some freelancing trick. it's really about something internal oftentimes and getting around that maybe it's a uh, a way of thinking maybe it's some sort of insecurity you have some sort of fear you have etc oftentimes those are the biggest roadblocks and so you're going to learn a ton about yourself and you're also going to get really cl- crystal clear On what you're good at. And if you keep at it, you're going to learn how to leverage those strengths. And so that was been sort of my experience with freelancing. And I want to kind of dive into some of that stuff and and talk about it to hopefully help you make the sort of next step in the progression in your career. So, with that said, the first thing is what the first mistake I think uh, freelancers make is what I call hope freelancing. When I first started freelancing, I did way too much hope freelancing. So an example might be putting a profile up on Upwork and then just sort of hoping that I get work hoping the platform brings me work or maybe I would create an ad and I would just create it real quick and put it out there and hope that the first ad that I I put out there would convert well or maybe it was writing a blog post or doing a video to promote my stuff and hoping that it was just a great video and it would go viral and I wouldn't have to do anything to sort of promote it or push it or anything like that and that's sort of this idea of hope freelancing and it's kind of the classic Yoda line, uh, do or do not, there is no try. Because hope freelancing in a lot of ways is kind of just trying things. And the thing is, in my experience, success doesn't just happen like that, it's made. So sort of the mindset switch to make here is is to go from hoping things work, hoping that you can freelance, or hoping that you can be successful doing it, to actually making it happen and taking more of an investment mindset. So investing in an approach and sticking with it. One sort of just quick antidote that I heard is, and I know it's cigarettes, but way back in the day when Marlboro uh, was was sort of brand new into the, the, the cigarette business, um, they had rolled out they had rolled out the campaign of the uh, it was the the cool sort of Marlboro man or whatever and they'd come up with this marketing campaign and the uh, and they really believed in it in the entire first year that they ran it and did it it just tanked it completely bombed and but they believed so much in it they stuck with it and then year two they started to see results and that Marlboro man sort of ad campaign and everything became one of the most successful sort of ad campaigns and approaches uh, in sort of advertising history and that's sort of the idea that I, i i'm getting at here is to not just try things but to really invest in things and stick with it because it turns out that especially in marketing yourself or anything business related oftentimes consistency is much more important than strategy so if you can do that then you're a lot lower more likely to have success now Just a pro tip here, if there's one thing to invest in, uh, in terms of an approach, I believe it is what I call the client life cycle. And, And so that is traffic, leads, clients, repeat clients, and referrals. This is sort of the life cycle of a client. And so knowing this and knowing it in detail, how to attract the right people into that funnel, and then methodically move them through that cycle through each stage and then sort of back again in the repeat uh, client and referral side of things, the more that you learn that and can do that, the more you sort of control your own destiny when it comes uh, to freelancing. And I think, in, again, in my opinion, that's one of the most uh, important things that you can can learn how to do, which happens to be why I made my latest freelancing course exactly on that life cycle. That's what I teach you. So I take you through it. And show you exactly what to do at each interval, you know, to attract the right people in, so you can get more clients, more repeat business, more referrals, and ultimately more control of your business, more income, all the things that goals that you have. I think the the client life cycle is at the core of that, and so when you can learn that uh, again, I think you can really sort of write your own check. Anyway. You can get free access to that course, The Beginner's Guide to Freelancing. It's over on Skillshare. You just go to johnmorrisonline.com freelance to get all the details on how to get the the no cost access to that. All right. So the next thing then, uh, the next mistake that I think freelancers make is undercharging. So I started out charging about $25 an hour. And the thing about that was that was the most money that I, I'd ever made in my life up to that point. I mean, I, I think. I'd been working 10, maybe got up to $12 an hour working construction or something like that. So $25 an hour was a really big leap for me. And so even though I can look back now and see that that was a pretty low number, it felt weird to me. So I sort of understand the hesitation that people can have about raising their prices. We're talking about numbers that in maybe the rest of your life you would never even imagine. But when it comes to freelancing, it's a little bit different. and. For me, I re- realized that if I stayed at that rate, or if I stayed at that rate, I'd either never make the the money that I wanted to make, or I'd just I'd die of extreme burnout because I'd have to work so many really heavily, mentally intensive uh, hours that it would just burn me out. So eventually I moved up to 50 an hour and then 75, and ultimately $100 an hour. And the thing that I noticed Uh, which went sort of against my expectations is that at each stage I got clients that were easier to work with who respected me more uh, and I ultimately became less stressed and happier which went against what I thought I always assumed that people paying me more money they would be more picky they would be harder to work with there'd be more stress it'd be more intense and I sort of found that that it was the opposite and so uh again just just sort of something that i noticed and the thing about it is for most of you listening to this if you're currently freelancing and you're consistently getting work and working with clients and so forth you're almost certainly charging too little and i'm just sort of telling you that as you move up in prices you're only going to get happier uh and, and probably less stressed and so forth it it gets actually easier to do because that number sort of commands a certain amount of respect uh, that goes along with someone hiring you and so they, 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 they're they paying you for their time so they tend to waste your time a lot less. So just something to keep in mind. Now my pro tip here, always be projecting increased rates. So use phrases like current rate or what I'll do this time or what I'll do for you. You never really want to talk as if your rate is set and uh, set in stone and you always want to sort of make it seem like they're, that particular client is getting a, a reduced rate uh, somehow or another um, and just always subtly be alluding to increased rates in the future. That sort of primes their thinking and sets the context for in the future when you do want to raise prices. You sort of always have been implying and alluding to it uh, from the very beginning, and that can help make those situations uh, a lot easier. All right, the final thing here that I want to cover is short-term thinking. So my first year or two freelancing, I was kind of a rabid dog, and I've talked about this before, but I was bouncing from client to client, project to project, sort of flying by the seat of my pants just trying to stay afloat and get that next job. And again, I think a lot of freelancers are sort of in that mode when they first start freelancing. And I never gave much thought to to the long-term. And it wasn't until I finally hit the wall and I got seriously burned out, which I've, again, I've talked about in other episodes, and I nearly crashed my entire business that I started thinking more strategically and long-term because I realized I just could not keep that pace up uh, forever. So my opinion on this is that freelancing should not be your end goal. If it is, I believe that you will eventually at some point get burned out because I don't think it is the stopping place. So to me, the career progression is sort of regular job. Next step is sort of freelancing. And then the next step after that is some sort of, um, quote unquote passive income. It's never fully passive, but much more passive than say a job or freelancing. Because the reality is as great as freelancing is, it's still ultimately just time for money. Now it's often a lot more enjoyable time for more money, but still uh, it's just time for money. So at some point I think you will want to add a passive component to what you do to, to free up some of your time and to lift the cap on your income. Because again, as a freelancer being time for money, there's only so many hours you can work in a day. And so there's just a hard physical limit on the amount of money that you can make at any given time. And so by having some sort of passive element, you lift off that cap. Uh, now that doesn't mean that you need to stop completely, uh, Completely stop freelancing, right? You can always freelance, especially if you enjoy it. I would, I would do that, but always have an eye sort of towards that next step or s- things that you can add to what you're doing to your business that, again, free up some time, give you a more solid foundation, and lift that income cap. Now it could be a SaaS product. You could do courses like what I do. Whatever it is always be thinking about how you can leverage the authority you're creating right now as a freelancer to create something else more passive. Now, my pro tip here on this is start now. So especially if, if you're thinking that you may at some point wanna do like a course or just some sort of information product, but even if it's something totally different, start now because uh, you wanna have that thing ready when you get to the point where you want to 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 make that leap and you feel like you have the authority built up so have the product or whatever it is already in the can it's oftentimes a lot easier to create it now right when you're in the thick of freelancing you're more in touch with what's going on and so forth and so it makes for uh, a better product but also just have it ready so that when you feel like you've reached that level of authority you don't then now have this thing you have to go and create. It's already created. Maybe you can make some tweaks to it at that point and then you can uh, then you can just roll it right out and, and you don't have to worry about it. So start building it now. It's a really good time to 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 start with it now. So those are my three things. Those are sort of the, the big mistakes that I've noticed uh, throughout my career that I think are more fundamental, go beyond just the work hard and and you know do good work and that sort of thing. So if you enjoyed that, I appreciate if you would su- support the show, you can do so over on Patreon. And Patreon's sort of my brain dump so you get access to, to virtually everything over there. All of my officially re- released courses, some unreleased courses unreleased source code and videos and so forth. Again, literally sort of my brain dump over there, you get access to everything. You can learn more about that at JohnMorrisOnline.com slash Patreon. Or if you want access to more of my officially released sort of polished courses, you can get those on Skillshare. The benefit with Skillshare is you not only get access to my stuff, but you get access to the whole community, which is like 20,000 plus other courses. Uh, so if you want access to that, you can get no-cost access. Just go to johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare for all the details on that. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.